I don't understand the people who get stressed out talking about this topic or, or thinking about it. Because I'm like, why wouldn't you want to know what's coming so you can prepare for it and then not have to worry about it? Because that's the goal here. We're preparing for it so we don't have to worry about it. And if you don't, well, then you're going to have to worry about it. Welcome to the High Voltage Business Builders, a show where we interview people committed to making their next million through passive income using real estate, brokering, e-commerce, and beyond. If you're a passionate business builder yourself, visit VoltageB2B.com to get in touch now. Folks, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Neil here. I've got the honor of meeting Mike Dillard in person for the first time here just a few minutes ago. Uh, one of these things you probably heard me say on a number of these podcasts, folks I've interacted indirectly with or somewhat directly through social media, uh, but have never actually had a face-to-face call. So in my last two episodes, it was uh, Justin Brooke and Ron Lynch, and now it's Mike Dillard, which I think is fun because we've all been somewhere around each other's influence network or sphere or liking or commenting on each other's stuff. Um, but don't always have the opportunity to just sit down and have a face-to-face call. And so I'm honored today, Mike, that you're willing to spend some time with me today having a chat. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Looking forward to it. This will be be fun for sure. Yeah, so we were just chatting a little in the green room here before we got started of some of the conversations. Uh, Ron Lynch introduced us together, and of course, um, we had a very great conversation uh, that went on a lot of rabbit holes uh, in the last chat. So we can dig into whatever rabbit holes. I think we're you and I are very much on the same page in terms of life uh, mindset and where things are going. And of course, we can sound at times, and I'll preface this warning as we get into this conversation, not that I'm concerned about what Mike is going to say at all. It's just in the same warning I left with Ron Lynch, some of these topics may challenge your mind, challenge your heart, challenge your position, and that's really what it's intended to do. So don't turn it off. Keep listening. Try to break through that. Try to hear what we're saying to give you hope and encouragement too. Some of it may sound negative. Some of it may sound bad to your heart and your mind. Um, but it's really just intended to try to give you an opportunity to see what there is out there in terms of opportunity. It's not all doom and gloom, although at times it feels like it, especially with things that just occurred this week uh, that are very terrible in Texas that happened, but they're all not what you think they are. And if you can start to understand some of that, you can put your heart and mind and guard yourself against some of the nonsense. So Mike, let's like talk about some of this stuff that's happening right now and get your take on what's going on. Sure. Well, where should we start? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, what's recent and current events? Uh, at this time of shooting, it's Texas uh, and what just happened, which is pretty terrible because that's hitting the nation today pretty hard. And I can see it across social media. Yeah. You know, I don't I, I, I briefly saw the headline, you know, a day or two ago and 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 that was it. And I, I really don't pay much attention to to those events as unfortunate as they are, um, just because we've seen this playbook before like a dozen times. And so I'll just say this, I wouldn't expect this to be the last one. I'd expect there to be more and, and for them to be located in Texas because Texas is basically, you know, the last, last stand for, for gun rights and, and conservatives. Bit of an Alamo. Yeah. I actually had a relative who fought and died at the Alamo and, you know, it sucks. And they're going to point to all the all the things that don't matter and say that guns should be taken away. And we're going to say the same stuff we've always said, like guns don't kill people, people kill people. And at the end of the day, you know, this comes down to, this is a crisis of pharmaceuticals. Um, it's a crisis of indoctrination. It's a, it's a, a mental health crisis. It's not a gun. It's not a gun problem. The gun was simply the tool that was used to express the mental health problem, if you will, um, in a a very unfortunate way. So if you see that they're not 
talking about rational solutions to the problem, meaning putting a, a guard up in every public school, which could be easily done with, with veterans. Um, if you don't see them talking about uh, the pharmaceutical drugs that a significant amount of kids are on these days as a problem, then they're not talking about actually addressing the problem. They're using it as a tool in order to confiscate more power and take away our gun rights. So, so how'd you come to realize that? Mike, where, where was your moment of epiphany that's kind of got you to this understanding that maybe some people listening here don't have yet? I think it's, you know, for me, it's, I've just always seen it that way. I've never seen a politician come out with a rational plan in order to solve this problem. And I've never really seen a, you know, many, many politicians outside of Ron or Rand Paul offer anything that reasonably addresses the problem at, at its root core rather than the symptom. Common sense applicability, logical applicability to the problem as opposed to emotional or some other agenda-driven outcome. Yeah. I mean, I just look out at the world today and I see, specifically here in the United States, because that's where the majority of my time is spent, um, a, a population falling into trauma and psychosis. Um, and I think that that's going to continue to escalate as these additional things start to happen. Um, I think that you and I are, are kind of both expecting to see and starting to see. And it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Yeah. So as we keep unpacking, guys, I'll warn you, these are going to sound a little gloom and doom, but there is optimism. There's hope. We're going to cover that too. But don't worry. First, we need to preface some of the things that kind of, well, get your attention, frankly, should get your attention and help you start to you know see past the opportunities. No doubt about it. Um, but Mike, as you went through that, how did you change your lifestyle and your business to adjust to some of these things? You know, specifically uh, since since the events in 2020, we just had a really, really strong desire to move out of the city. And I've been, I've been down the prepper hole, rabbit hole since 2008. Um, I originally bought a hundred acre ranch, um, outside of Austin and took that off the grid and, and, you know, really turned that into a home for quite a while. And then unfortunately went through a divorce and, and, and lost that and had the desire to get back out in the country again. Um, my, personal take on world events and what, what's happening right now are really based and founded upon the book, The Fourth Turning. If I'd have, I would assume you've probably read it. I have heard of it. I actually haven't read that one, but that'd be, okay. I'll put that on my list. So The Fourth Turning is probably the most important book that exists right now. Um, I first read it back in 2008. So it was written in 1995 by two scientists. It's a pretty meaty book, but if you read the first three chapters and the last three chapters, you're pretty much good to go. Or if you, uh, there, there is a, a summary version on Amazon you can get as well. I have not read that, but if you get both, I think you'd be in good hands. But written in 1995, and it was written by these guys to answer one question, which is why does history continue to repeat itself from a, from mm. a humanity perspective? Yeah, right. And And it's called the fourth turning because what they discovered is that humans tend to operate in 80 to 100 year cycles. Each cycle, each cycle is made up of four seasons. So spring, summer, fall, and winter. And each season lasts 20 to 25 years. And every uh, roughly 80 to 100 years, there's a winter season, again, that lasts 20 to 25 years. And winter is a time when the existing power structure and paradigm is starts to decay, starts to fall apart, and an alternate power shows up to challenge it for control. Mm -hmm. And these two sides <laughs> fight for control. Yeah, fight mm -hmm. for control uh, of, of the next 100-year cycle. And if you go back in history, America has had three turnings so far. There was 
uh, the Revolutionary War against mm-hmm. Britain. Yep. Yep. And then roughly, it's I, I did the math. I don't have it exactly in front of me, but literally 80 to 81 years later, we had the climax of the Civil War. And then another 80 to 81 years later, we had the climax of World War II. And then this book was written in 1995, and, and they wrote it as a warning. And they said, look, America is heading towards its fourth turning cycle. And this will be the first turning that's ever taken place on Earth when weapons of mass destruction are involved at a global scale level, right? America had it in World War II at the end, but now everybody has them. And every single time, because other countries have their versions of a turning as well, but every single time a country goes through a winter season, it's climaxed by war. There's always a physical altercation of, of some major kind that fundamentally changes the direction of those people in that country forever. Now, America's previous turnings, we were very fortunate in the fact that, that our, our country's values and our ethos were, were fighting for freedom, fighting for freedom against Britain, right? fighting for freedom uh, against slavery in the United States, and then fighting for freedom against uh, Nazi Germany uh, on a global level. And so they all led to positive long-term outcomes for the next next cycle, the next 80 to 100 years, and America just kept getting better and better and stronger and stronger and and more prosperous. Well, now as we enter this turning, um, those values are gone. The people in charge are immoral, corrupt, evil, disgusting people, and they are fighting for control and to essentially eliminate the old version of America off the planet, eliminate the constitution, eliminate gun rights, eliminate all of this stuff. Right. And, and where the American people, specifically conservatives who, who believe in those principles are the enemy. And so what's really interesting is in that book, they predicted that America's fourth turning would start around 2007, 2008 with a financial crisis, um, that it would include a pandemic of some kind, and then it would uh, eventually end up in a, a global war. That was written in 1995. Sounds like a playbook, though. Sounds like they had some insights into some agenda ideas or a plan, or maybe they're just really good at reading the tea leaves. They went back for over 2,000 years of history, and when you see the amount of research that went into it, you're like, oh, this this tends to happen uh, quite often. <laughs> so, History does repeat um, itself. <laughs> yeah. Including, yes, including the strategic use of, of pandemics for, uh, for governments to, to take control of their people or other countries. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That's a historical repetitiveness. So did they not to share the end of the book, but I suppose there's a bit of a climactic ending here happening with the, uh, the pattern of behavior that's showing up in our the ending is the warning. You know, the ending is, hey, we don't we don't know how this is going to end out, but if it if we don't do something about it, it it'll it'll most likely end in in war, and and this will be the first one where where weapons of mass destruction are involved, and that doesn't end well, right? So, and unfortunately, I, that's that's where I see us heading um, pretty quickly. We're we're due to climax. This the winter cycle is due to climax around the year twenty twenty five. So I'm going to say between twenty twenty four and twenty twenty six is uh is when we should see the climax of the cycle take place and then to the victor goes the spoils um we're either going to end up in a prison planet or or those people are going to be defeated and and we'll have a, a new era of prosperity and freedom we certainly have a fight on our hands but we'll we'll see what happens 
Yeah, it's an interesting take. Um, it sounds, I mean, there's hope in all that. I know that. And I'm not saying you're not saying hope, so don't take this the wrong way. But I think it's one of those things where some people might hear that and just be like, holy crap, like, where do we? And I know there's an organizational, I feel it. Some of my people feel it. I'm sure you've talked to people about this too, and maybe even feel it yourself. There's that little bit of moment, like, when do we act? Like, how do we organize if we were going to do anything? How do we have that historical repeating opportunity that should be presented at some point to not necessarily in conflict, because um, rebellion and usually most things do ch- uh, do change on the backside of some sort of conflict. That's that's an obvious history we should all pay attention to. But um, where do you see that lying in the next steps? And we've got obviously primaries. If you look at the political and geopolitical, where you know Davos is happening right now, which is kind of idiotic when they drive their you know private jets and uh, land there in their big black sports cars and then pontificate to you and I about how we need to lower our carbon footprint. I'm just wondering, like, is there what do you see? you know, for the rest of this year? What do you see for 2022 to 2023 if 24 and 25 are potentially those those resets, that change um, that's coming? People have to think of it this way. And, and, and this is a really big, really big shift for me. What is required for positive change to take place is the single biggest wake up of society on a global level that's ever taken place. For, it's for the people to wake up. And the people are not going to wake up until they are personally affected. Snapped out of that mass formation hypnosis is kind of where you're leading at. The human animal in general, right? The human animal in general is, is typically quite lazy until something affects us individually or personally, and then, and then we get motivated to take action around it. And so the silver lining to all of the, the stuff that's happening around the world today is that as it continues to unfold and escalate, it automatically wakes more people up. Mm, I mean, it's the country, you, yeah, I mean, like the, the Canadian truckers, right, w- woke up all of Canada. Um, yeah, it, it might not have been successful, but at the, at the end, and it's in goal, but it was successful in waking up a lot of people uh, around the world and yeah. uh, the lockdowns in Australia. And so yes. the worst things get, it's actually, be- it's actually good news because it has to get to that point of escalation in order for the good guys to finally hit the breaking point. And yep. say no more and just stand up and to do something against it. If if it doesn't get, if it's like this slow boil, then we, we never reach that point, right? Yeah, there's never a moment to act because no one knows how to get organized or how to actually do anything to address the real causes of it, right? Yeah. So for me, I'm almost like, you know what? I hope they go for it. And I hope they they do their worst because the worse they do, the more they expose themselves, the more people are, are woken up and, and then that's our opportunity to fight back. And, and unfortunately that is what is required. And so that is what will happen. And so that's the meantime is, okay, well, what can I do to protect myself, protect my family, take care of my friends, my tribe and, and all of those things and in, in order to make yourself a hard target, if you will. Right. Um, and that's really what we focus on. That's why we moved out here to the hill country and we literally right out this window over here. We've got a crew pouring uh, a foundation for a thousand square foot greenhouse right now. Um, you know, we've got a chicken coop full of chickens. We've got a four acre lake. We've got a full grid solar system being installed ne- next month. We're on well water. And so I would say in the next 60 days, um, the property we're on, we would be able to sustain ourselves on it in comfort uh, indefinitely with organic food and 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 chicken and protein and power and anything we would need for, you know, years, frankly, if we needed to. And we're not doing that alone. A big part of this is community. In fact, it's probably the most valuable part of preparedness is 
community. And a lot of people are like, well, should I move to Costa Rica or, you know, some other part of the world? And I'm like, no, you, that's the, the worst thing you could do. You're going into a community during a time of an emergency and you're a stranger and you're a foreigner and you don't speak the language, you don't look like the people, you don't know anybody. All you, all you are at that point is a target. And so we have, you know, a group of 12 to 20 really good friends who, if and when something were to require, uh, you know, them to come out to the country who, you know, have a place to stay here and they contribute to what we're building. And everybody is, uh, you know, training. I'm, I'm an owner of a gun range here in Austin. And that's something we do quite often. And everybody's leveling up their skill sets. And in the meantime, you know, well, again, we're building a brand new podcast studio and building for the future uh, at the same time. So that's very cool. Yeah, no, man, that resonates with me wholly. Uh, we are on well water. We're, we're, you know, a rain and grow season is long. Our community is literally everybody in the acreage around us, including family who are out here on the same plots as us. Um, Spring-fed water, um, gardens, got a 1,500-square-foot garden out here that's holistic, natural heirloom seeds that we can replenish naturally and sustainability. Plus, we're in the largest Amish and second-largest Amish and Mennonite community in the United States. So the resources, the hard work, and the due diligence of people who live like we may end up living uh, are just sitting right next to us. So the ability to barter trade and gain resources and knowledge, we've been doing that for about nine years where we are now. Uh, to kind of prepare and think. And my solar is coming from onesunrise.com shortly, which is a fully independent grid trailer um, that you just park or move as you need it. That's completely, you know, powering the entire house. Um, it's not a fixed installation. It's can, it can be moved anywhere, um, which is pretty cool. So we're kind of developing those technologies and stuff. That's my company. And we're developing that too, uh, to give people that opportunity to, to give a little bit more um, security with power. But now that is one of the things I also balance out because you mentioned that the world we live in is is a opportunistic uh, nuclear thing and everybody's so freaking out about nuclear. Now, having read the the book by William Forsythe one second after and looking into that production and how Newt Gingrich brought it before Congress in the 90s and and uh, stop me if you've heard this uh, about how the whole congressional thing for the EMP grid was there and how they had done this entire study to prove the vulnerability and that truly, you know, if these folks are as imperialistic and evil uh, opportunists as they actually are, they just want to get rid of us. They don't want to get rid of the infrastructure. So nuclear is kind of off the table, in my opinion. Um, and EMP is on the table. And if you don't know what that is, folks, go look it up because now with hypersonic technology, uh, being literally thrown in front of our faces, um, a weapon can show up in America in a matter of seconds, undetected, before anybody knows what happens, and boom, an EMP takes us back to the Stone Age. So my philosophy when it comes to prepping is if you prepare for the worst case scenario, you're automatically prepared for everything else. I'm going and, to worst case. <laughs> and, and the worst case scenario is an EMP. Uh, EMP is the worst case scenario I can think of in which we're literally knocked back to the Stone Age with the CIA says nine meals to the, you know, to the end. Yes. Uh, three days. Yes. Uh, and now, at that point, it kind of gets pretty crappy after that. Now, here's what people don't realize. You mentioned the missile thing, right? There are EMPs flying over our head right now and probably have been for decades every 10 minutes. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> they're, in they're in satellites, right? They're There's in satellites, no missile required. They're in high level planes. They're all over us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no missile required. There's no right. all. It, it's literally going by us every every ten twenty minutes, and it just takes one button for it to go pop, and then boom, everything's everything's gone. Back to the Stone Age. Yep. Yeah, that's very yeah, true. I, but the hypersonic thing is very fascinating because maybe it's a little sleight of hand. Although you know, weapons that move at seven hundred, you know, seven thousand miles an hour are a little weird, a little scary, a little yeah. too futuristic for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So growing food, obviously, and getting things together, putting your YouTube studio online. What is it you're going to be doing a lot of broadcasting about from that studio? 
ironically, it's going to be a lot about just just personal growth and development as if the world is going to be fine, right? Um, just just really deep personal growth type of how do we how do we elevate humanity and 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 start to teach principles that will heal humanity. And, uh, and then we're building out a online social community that will be more about these types of topics. So we're going to be documenting everything we're doing with our garden, with the greenhouse, with the chickens, with communications, with, with personal defense and security. And then that will provide a community platform for, you know, ideally tens of thousands of people around the country, around the world to network together to share their knowledge, to share their expertise and to, and to build a network. You know, we're, we're going to start doing lessons on ham radio communications for folks and, and, and literally set up a a nationwide and or global network within that community from a communications perspective. I'm actually looking at some of that right now. So you're going to have to give me some insights and put me on your list because I was looking at some of the ham radio stuff the other day. Yeah, I'm getting educated on, uh, on it myself. And here's something to think about, uh, that I've learned recently from a friend around, around ham radio stuff is, when you get involved with ham, the first thing that you hear that you read about is that you have to get a license. You have to take a test and get a license. I'm not going to say not to do that. I'm just going to say understand what you're getting involved with because the moment you get a ham radio license, um, it comes with, it gives the government the right to come onto your property and and search your equipment and home and everything without a warrant, which is Always probably important to the fine print. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the message. Always check the fine print and know what you're getting yeah. yourself into. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of different tactics and stuff. And I'm sure we could spend another hour going into all the different facets of gardening and production and supply chain and water distillation and anything else that people are like thinking about on here. Um, those would be some topics maybe we can unpack. But as business goes along, and as you uh, have said a minute ago, and something that I obviously reiterate with my people as they talk about this and, and podcast about it, and obviously coach and mentor them, uh, you know, there's a need for physical goods. There always will be. That's one of the reasons why we hedged in e-commerce. It's one of the things that we've learned from people in other countries who've gone through the fall and collapse uh, of those countries. Uh, those that had some security in their business and their ability to provide came from the fact that they had the goods. And because they could still keep the goods, even at raising prices and ridiculous prices of inflation, um, those networks, that supply chain, their ability to get products, um, the demand doesn't go away. It's just the ability to get it and what you have to use in terms of money or other reasons to gain access to it. Uh, so this is one of the reasons why we hedge like other things. Uh, into bullets, guns, real estate, and infrastructure is, you know, physical products. Um, what are the, some of the other things you're doing? I, I would suspect you're probably not into the Bitcoin uh, slash digital currency, or are you? Oh, no, I, I bought my first Bitcoin in 2013 when it was $75. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, did so you sell been, it? That's <laughs> the question. Uh, yeah, off and on, and, and, but, 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 yeah. but crypto is my biggest holding, and, and it is my biggest area of expertise from a financial perspective. Okay. So I'm very much down that path. Uh, you know, the, the majority of our money we're putting into this property and the infrastructure on this property right now. But I do own crypto. I do like passive investment uh, opportunities that come along with crypto, whether that's staking or lending. And uh, I've been through enough cycles now to understand the cycles and not to get caught like we are now in, in the bottom of a bear market. Um, but, but that's, I mean, that's, that's been a phenomenal way to make money. Now, will that, will we have another, another bull market cycle? I don't know. That is very much up in the air because, um, you know, the last time we had one, there was trillions of dollars in stimulus from, you know, CV being pumped into the economy. 
and that's gone now. Now interest rates are going up and the stocks are going down. So unless something fundamentally changes, meaning they start to lower interest rates again and or they start to to pump in stimulus, I think we're in for a, a, a really significant drawdown in the stock market and in the crypto markets in the months or or years ahead. This could very easily turn into a massive, massive crash in all markets. And that tends to lead, that tends to be one of the catalysts that leads to war. Yeah. I mean, you got a whole real estate thing too happening about the forbearances and the things that are occurring with uh, capital gains and stuff people don't recognize from, well, my house was worth, you know, 250, but now it's worth 500. Yay. I have all this equity in my house. And there's this little thing in your mortgage contract that says they can come back and, you know, renegotiate that as the minute, the minute they want to. And then guess what? Uh, you got a taxable event uh, on your property and that's where forbearances are about to wreck something around 2 million uh, people when that actually comes to bear. That's just part of a real estate bubble that's going to happen. I've got a lot of friends involved in the real estate market. Well, there's that and then there's food, right? So I, I wrote a post on Facebook a year ago and I said 2022 is going to be the year of global famine. I think it may have been off by about six months. I think, I think uh, you know, the end of this year, beginning of 2023 is when that's really going to hit. Um, but that's something that I've been tracking very, very, very closely. And uh, it is by far and away a 100% manufactured event. One of their agendas is to destroy the protein industry. They want to destroy pork, you know, beef, chicken. All the alternative, the manufactured nonsense they're creating right now. Yeah. Cows are bad, all that stuff. It's going to get to a point here by the end of the year where they're going to say, we have enough, you know, grain and food left to feed you or to feed these animals, which would you like? And so obviously they're going to say people and they're going to start to slaughter all of the animals or let them die or whatever it may be. And those are going to become luxuries like caviar. And then they're going to use that food shortage as they are already starting to do right now in Iran to implement a digital ID, which is required in order for you to go and either get food stamps or go to a breadline or whatever uh, to get food. And that's going to that's gonna start to roll out everywhere. And unlike, unlike CV, you know, you and I, you and I can, can stay vaccine free uh, for the most part. A lot of people, they're not going to say no if they're starving. Yeah. So true. Being cornered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a big part of uh, a big part of what we're doing is 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 just trying to get people to start growing their own food and taking care of that, which is harder than you think. It's no, I actually understand that. <laughs> uh, if you have tried to raise vegetables and you think it's this wonderful, magnificent thing, and as a family of six that you can spend you know two raised beds and you got enough food, you are woefully unprepared in your mind and yeah, your you know opportunities yeah. as well as the ground and the time it takes and things that fail and don't grow as well as you think they're going to grow and the bugs that eat it. And it may sound very obvious if you're listening to this. You're, oh, yeah, sure. I get all that, Neil. Yeah, you have no idea until you work it. No, it's it's so much more complicated than than I ever expected. Even if you forget about the hard parts, like like the pest management and that stuff, and you're trying to sustain, you know, a family or or more than that of people, then you literally have to keep track of what you're growing in the cycles, your plant cycles on a spreadsheet. Because if not, you have a big a big harvest and then all that food that you planted at once is is now gone. And if you didn't stagger out and start going from plant to plant, season to season, it's so not going to work do? out well for you. We dry, we can, we yeah. freeze dry, we, you know, whenever yeah. you overproduce, 
uh, there's now a pipeline of things you have to learn to do because if you're first doing this, you're going to miss all this. So just to give you yeah. guys the the quick, what, what happens in the end, <laughs> if you are overproducing or producing enough during a growth cycle or season, you are going to have to learn how to can. Like when you need the equipment, you need the knowledge, you need the skills. If you don't have any and of those, that, good things to start looking up, right? And that the window to get those is closing rapidly. Yeah, you better grab those pretty quick. Even the you know, freeze dryers or things to, to seal it, pack it, buckets you need. Things are becoming very difficult very fast because we are not, Mike, the only ones who are quickly figuring this out. Uh, and the markets are starting to show the result of that very fast in the last three months uh, as people are becoming aware of what you're you know, you're saying. And, and we're, we're seeing it. We're watching it in our friends and network and our community as well uh, as these things become harder and harder to get a, get a hold of. Uh, and it is, you know, they're making them. It's just people are buying more of them faster. Yeah, uh, the hoarding, the hoarding yeah. has begun on the on the emergency preparedness supply no chain. I, I, yeah, I read um, read or heard a month or two ago that uh, Mountain House, which is you know the biggest freeze dried food brand, which we have, mm -hmm. you know, we've bought a lot of, of over the years. Their input supply inputs got slashed by ninety percent. Right, so go out and try to find a year supply of Mountain House food anywhere, including their website. You're not going to find it. Used to be at Sam's Club and Costco, and you can't find it now. Plus, for people who aren't paying attention, there was, I think, last check, 24, maybe more um, major food facilities across the United States that have burned to the ground, got hit by airplanes, had mysterious explosions. Guys, like, just too many coincidences, too many coincidences to not understand what's happening. How often do you hear of a, of a major train derailment? Major Never. fertilizer in the middle of a fertilizer crisis? Yeah. Hello. I mean, come, how obvious can you freaking get? And guys, there was literally a major train crash yesterday in Canada of a yeah. giant fertilizer train headed for America. Like, come on. Seriously? They, if you don't recognize it, fertilizer, we have neighbors here that need it, went from 6,000 a ton to 18,000, uh, which is almost impossible for them to sustain the growth. So that slingshot, that rubber band pulling back that's about to snap on the side of your leg is literally coming at the end of this food growing season. That's what people don't get. That's what you're alluding to. And, and for you're not paying attention, you got to have fertilizer. Without fertilizer, things don't grow. Uh, yeah, it's places not. Where they wouldn't normally grow anyways, because we've literally cultured a whole bunch of areas where food was not normally grown before. Yeah, what people don't realize, it's not it's not this season's supply that that we're, right. that you're going to see or feel. It's next season's. Uh, that's the hardest. Point. So if you can get ahead of it now, that's what we're trying to warn you about. Um, is start yeah. to prepare and learn and get your get your preparations in place. Because uh, again, at the growing seasons, you got to pay attention to those. Uh, we know them because we're in the middle of helping do it as we do our own gardens. You, if you're not aware of it, start figuring it out. Get the old farmer's almanac out. Uh, there's a lot to learn that we have lost knowledge. And I, I look at this time, Mike, and you probably see this too. They waited for this generation to start implementing it. They waited for this generation because we are now twi two generations removed from what? The folks who had this knowledge, your and my great grandparents who lived this we are now the second generation removed from all of that knowledge being gone. Yeah, well, I mean, we hired uh, we hired a, a consultant uh, literally to come to our house once a week for six weeks to help us get started, and we learned more in the first two sessions than we would have. We'd have never figured this out on our own, right? What soil to lot. use, natural yes. natural pesticides that are organic; they're not chemical based. Right. Um, like how to look for. Yeah, all, all of it. And uh, never would have figured it out. Best money we've ever spent. So if you're wanting to go down this path and get serious about it, 
I would absolutely go down to a local nursery or garden center or whatever and just see if you can hire someone to come out once a week for you for at least a month to help you get started and, and educated because it was worth every single penny. I often thought I should start just a YouTube channel only for that topic, only just about the gardening aspect um, because there's so much missing uh, in that we have one of the largest heritage seed firm companies um, here in the Ozark area, um, Baker's Creek. Uh, so they are just literally around the corner from us. And, uh, you know, where we chose to live, uh, ended up being, well, not only just good for us, but as it turns out, it's one of the best areas. There's a lot of studies done by the military and others that just say, Hey, if you're going to be in a growing season in an area and a floodplain and whatever else you should be in the Ozarks. So there we are <laughs> in the middle of the country. What do you think about what's, uh, what's being discussed recently in the last week or two, um, about, uh, China and, and their potential plans for the U S man, I've heard a lot of rumors, <laughs> you know, as a rumor mill moves, this is one of the greatest dis disinformation times in all of our ages, really hard to figure out who's telling the truth and what's disinformation and who's controlling what narrative and yada, yada, yada. My own studies in time have shown me that China is just a controlled asset. Uh, they're being utilized, uh, similar to the way America has been utilized as the soldier and military division of many world agencies to go around storm countries, uh, using our poor soldiers and military as the, you know, muscle. Uh, I think China is being used as the muscle by powers and influences that are controlling them. What does that mean at the next stage? You know, there's alliances with Russia that are coming together, um, showing us, uh, you know, in my opinion, a significant signal. If I look at it from a, a biblical perspective, which I personally try to do is filter the world through that, I see a very big uh, alignment um, in the studies of Revelation with Gog and Magog and those uh, the red states coming into alignment. And so, you know, if you look at what that resonates to, at least in my studies, you know, China and Russia are going to start that war you just talked about. They're the ones that are going to be used to implement it. Now, they aren't all, in my opinion, actually in control. Uh, of starting that war. Um, they're just using each other as excuses as we though hear Zhang and Putin as the heads of state, but I don't trust they're in control any more than I know Zuckerberg's in control of Facebook uh, or that Elon is actually in control of what he does. Um, at the end of the day, I believe they're just all controlled assets as a face to what's actually occurring. The real puppeteers are meeting in Davos uh, and the ones above them whose names are never mentioned uh, and the families above them. So, you know, my opinion is, yeah, they're, they're pushing forward. It's biblical, uh, in my opinion. So yeah, China, China may invade, China may be part of that. They're part of the UN forces. They're already here, including Russia troops and stuff as a part of NATO. They're sitting here. There's divisions of tanks all across America. People don't really even know that. Yeah. I've seen the footage of Chinese troops training in Canada, training in Canada, training up North. Absolutely. Right. Well, you know, waiting, I think, you know, there's infiltration and invasion. Um, there's very big differences in the two. Uh, infiltration, I believe, has already occurred in everything we've watched. When you get down to the political parties and all of them are, of course, just the same, doesn't matter what name you put to them, it gets down to people and their loyalties. And uh, most people don't understand that a lot of the loyalties of our Congress are actually dual citizenships uh, to other countries. And you got to ask, well, how could you have a dual citizenship in another country and certain loyalties uh, when you realize that's been infiltrated uh, to bring about this this change? And there's a lot to unpack in that, which most people probably don't even understand what I'm saying. Um, but at the end of the day, do I believe there's an invasion coming, um, China or otherwise? Or what's the next move they might make? I don't actually see that happening. I actually see the UN 
uh, coming in, maybe with Chinese troops backing them, but as part of another planned lockdown um, from most likely the World Economic and Health Forums to, uh, you know, do it for the guise of our health and safety, because that follows historical patterns and that follows game plans we've already seen occur. It's interesting. I was watching an interview yesterday. Um, I can't remember his name, uh, Dr. David something. Um, one of the most pivotal people fighting the good fight during COVID. Um, he was doing all a, a ton of patent research now around monkeypox, right? And lo and behold, he finds out that the only drug company that has a patent for a monkey vox vaccine is Moderna. Yeah, that's right. And when did they patent it? <laughs> uh, yeah, a couple of years ago. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And the vaccine, which was also yeah. already shelved and ready yeah. to go. Just people logically think this through, right? Suddenly it's news about monkeypox. And then it's like, well, we have a vaccine. Like how, if you really study vaccinations, the ones that actually do work, not the ones that we're talking about right now, um, it's years to a decade through mm -hmm. clinical trials and studies. It isn't, hey, we had a thing show up and now it's monkeypox. And no, oh, by the way, here's the vaccine, like, you know, four weeks later. Yeah. It doesn't work, folks. You, you talk about trust the science, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. <Yep. laughs> trust the past science. Yeah, no, it's a very interesting thing that you're talking about um, because this is just, uh, you know, if you've studied up on smallpox at all uh, and you understand the dangers of it, which I know you have, uh, then you recognize, well, maybe COVID was just a setup. COVID was yeah, just I think COVID was a, was the practice practice run and and you know it practice was. for infrastructure for businesses and 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 to, to to train people as far as you know behavior behavioral management is concerned Correct. and then to weaken everybody's immune systems so they're susceptible so, to the next thing that comes along. So well, that's exactly right. Yeah, yelling fire in the middle of a busy building, right? Um, to see who would run out and who wouldn't. And uh, now it's got a pretty they got a pretty clear understanding of a cultural weak mindset that America has been lulled into. Yeah. Um, it's amazing to me, frankly, and you may have seen this too. Some of the people in our industry, some of the people we know, some of the people we've maybe wanted to do business with, or we thought were great, or we looked up to them in mentoring or in terms of who we thought they were, all of a sudden have revealed to us exactly who they are. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, there's a big enlightenment that comes from that. So Mike, as people are listening to this, what's the, what's the next thing you think they should know or hear or uh, words of encouragement or opportunities or just a call to action challenge? Gosh, I mean, my, my biggest thing is to, if you're on the fence or you're not motivated um, to start taking action to more self-reliance and self-sustainability, then, then just start doing your, your homework um, and educate yourself until you are, because this stuff's happening, whether you want it to or not, whether you put your head in the sand or not, it's, it's happening. And so you can either set yourself up to where you can be, you know, somewhat comfortable uh, through the next, the, the rest of this decade, frankly, or be a victim of it, right? You can empower yourself or you can be a, a victim of it. And, and I don't understand the people who get stressed out talking about this topic or, or thinking about it. Cause I'm like, why, why wouldn't you want to know what's coming so you can prepare for it and then not have to worry about it? Cause that's the goal here. We're preparing for it. So we don't have to worry about it. And if you don't, well, then you're going to have to worry about it. Um, and that, that seems to be a heck of a lot worse situation than, than otherwise. So I, and I think, I think you're, I think the window is, is, is closing quite quickly. Um, you know, I, my, my friend Tucker Max and I have both said, and we've been saying this for a year now, that we think Americans have until November when, when the midterms are. And then once the midterms 
take place, then I think all bets are off at that point. Well, I agree. Big change. In fact, I was just thinking of Tucker because the phrase of doomer optimism came to mind uh, in the way. Yeah, the yeah. Approach. Yeah. So my 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 point is that your your window is closing, and and the things that you need in order to be self sustainable are fast or very quickly disappearing off the shelves. They're they're becoming very difficult to find. Uh, I mean, we just got a, a harvest right freeze dryer a month or two ago, and that was a three month wait list. We've been we've been trying to get our solar system installed for two months now. It's still it's still in process. Um, the greenhouse that is being built right now we ordered a year ago a year ago um and and you know to get this thing up and running and so if you think that you're going to wait until you start to see a reason to take action then you're you're far too late because people like us have have already acquired the things that are needed in order to to be self-sustainable and so i would i would get motivated i mean we look at we look at what happened during covid right and it was uh, all about the the n95 mask you know and the antivirals and things like that. And I guarantee you within a couple of months here, it's going to be latex gloves. Everywhere you see, people are going to be wearing latex gloves. Body suits, yeah. latex gloves, weird yeah, so, contraptions. And if you, you know, if you want that kind of protection, then you should buy those things now. <laughs> if you feel that's you, if you feel that's good for you, absolutely. Personally, I just yeah. like to pull back on my shell a little and I'm okay not going into society. I'm okay not traveling for now. Yeah. I'm okay just kind of hanging back. Uh, yeah. and waiting and watching, and maybe you guys will do that too. But while you're doing that, I agree with your call to action. I mean, if you live in a big, big city or you're flying in airports all the time and this thing starts to hit a critical mass, um, then, you know, you might want to have some of those, those things. And, and unfortunately, yeah. if you don't get them now, then you're not going to have them. So, yeah. Yeah. Good word, Mike. I appreciate you coming on, man. I thought there's yeah. probably another two podcasts in here that we can unpack different topics and go a lot deeper. So I'll have to have you back on later to, to do that. But I appreciate your time today, man. Thanks for coming on and sharing. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for having me. All right. Appreciate it. If you like this episode, please share it with people you think will enjoy it as well. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode of High Voltage Business Builders. 